Good morning, Mayor. Good Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Toldos. Parshas Toldos is really the Parsha of Yitzchak Avinu. We get to know Yitzchak as much as we can, and the beginning of the Parsha highlights Yaakov and Esav, born to Yitzchak and Rivka. We'll come back to that in a moment. We then continue to see how successful Yitzchak is because clearly Hashkocha Pratis, divine providence, is with him. And what does the Torah tell us? That as soon as Yitzchak is successful, the response of the people around him is one. Vayikano also, they are jealous of him. And what do they do? They cut their nose to spite their face, the wells which they need as well. But because Yitzchak needs the wells for his many cattle, uh, etc., they stop up the wells. This is Jewish history. The Jew is invited to different countries throughout Jewish history because he is a good citizen. He doesn't have wild parties. He believes in the Ten Commandments. He leads a beautiful life. And then when he becomes too successful, they are jealous of him and they, at best, send him away. Oftentimes, there's a lot of persecution that has come with it as well. The end of the parsha is the bracha that Yitzchak wanted to give Esau, which according to our rabbis was, as we see from the text itself, he wanted to bless him with material success, hoping that there would be a kind of Yitzchak Zavulan relationship, namely that Esau would be the provider for himself and for Yaakov, who would be able to study Torah. Rivka had a prophecy, the Targum tells us, that Hashem said, no, Yaakov is the one to get the blessing. That's what happens. And as next week we move on to the continuation at the end of the parsha of Yaakov having to leave home. I want to focus this morning on the sale of the birthright. The Torah tells us that Yaakov simmered a soup and Rashi tells us in the name of the Gemara Baba Basra Tezayin Amid Beis that this was the day that Avraham died. He um, makes a lentil soup. Lentils are round without a mouth, meaning one does not question the word of God. It symbolizes the continuity of life. And what do we find? We find that Esau says, come on, haliteinina, which means in simple English, pour it into me now. Just give me this. Give me the soup. Okay? And Yaakov says, wait a second. I'll give it to you if you sell me the birthright. Now, what are we talking about? Minutes, who's older? A twin is older by his other brother, just a few minutes. But the answer is, my friends, the Bechorah represents who is going to represent the family at the sanctuary, the bringing of Korbanos. It is a spiritual factor. And so, 
let me ask you a question. We know that Yaakov is Ish MS, a man of truth. So how could Yaakov take advantage of Esav and what kind of an exchange is this? I'll give you the soup, and I'll even quote, throw in a piece of bread with the soup, if you give me the Bechora, the birthright. Isn't this a violation of Ona'a? Ona'a is taking advantages, tricking somebody by you giving them something of, quote, very little value, and you're getting in return something which is of great value. And in order to answer that question, I'd like to share with you a beautiful insight of the Hafla'a. And this is found on the commentary to Pirkei Avos, chapter 2, Mishnah 1. Bring a Pirkei Avos to the table. Chapter 2, Mishnah 1. And what does Rebbe teach over there? After the first line, he says, Be careful in your observance of a minor commandment, whatever you're going to put as a minor commandment, be it eating shalashudas, especially this time of the year when we're going to move the clock already this coming Saturday night. Make sure that you have a little bit less chont, Shabbos for lunch, that you save room for shalosh sudos. Have be careful with a mitzvah kala, with a light mitzvah, as with a strict mitzvah. Because we don't know the reward of mitzvos. The Torah gives the same reward for sending away the mother bird, which is a relatively easy mitzvah that you do just in a moment or two. And the Torah promises longevity for the performance of that mitzvah. And the same is true for kibbut avaim, which is honoring a parent, which could be something so significantly taxing and laborious over many, many years. We don't know the reward of mitzvos. But the Mishnah continues, heavy mechashev, you should consider and make this uh, evaluation in your mind, the loss of a mitzvah, meaning the loss of any expenditure, what you laid out for your Esrogan Lulav and what you laid out to keep kosher, what the expenditure that you laid is, wow, Kinegeshara, you laid out X, but just think of the reward that you're going to get. Now, wait a second. This seems to be, asks the Hafla'a, a contradiction between the opening statement of the Mishnah, which says that we don't know the reward of mitzvos, and the second part is consider your expenditure in contrast to the reward for the mitzvah. There seems to be a contradiction. So, what is going on here? The Hafla answers beautifully with a Gemara in Chulin, Pei Zayin Amaralev, 87a, where the Gemara says as follows, that there is a mitzvah of shechita, slaughtering the uh, fowl or the animal. And then there is a mitzvah of kisuy adam, covering its blood. So what happened? A person, a shochet, slaughtered the animal and he excused himself for a moment. I'll be right back. And in the interim, somebody came and stole his mitzvah, covered the blood. 
knowing full well that he was coming back. So now the shochet sued the kavra of the blood that you stole my mitzvah. They went to Rabbi Gamliel, who fined the person who stole the mitzvah ten zehuvim, ten gold coins. Now, the question is, let me ask you, where did he get that number from? So the Haflo explains that Rabbi Gamliel did not have in his top drawer a book of fines and looked up what's the fine for covering the blood instead of allowing the shochei to do it. No, he was examining and seeing how much the shochet appraised this mitzvah. And he offered the shochet, I'll find him ten zehuvim. The shochet accepted it. So we see that in the shochet's mind, that's what this mitzvah is worth. My friends, a very powerful idea is coming out of this Mishnah. And that is, you want to know what the worth of a mitzvah is? What's the schar? What's the reward for a mitzvah? There is no intrinsic value to a mitzvah. The answer is how you evaluate the mitzvah, how you show the mitzvah is important, that is going to be commensurate with your appreciation of the mitzvah. That is going to be your reward for that mitzvah. So, as we find, for example, we're taught at the end of the fifth chapter of Avos, Lefum Tsara Agra, in accordance with the pain is the reward, meaning that if a mitzvah comes easy, fine, you certainly get a reward for it. But if a mitzvah comes in a more challenging way, in a more difficult way, and you still rise to the occasion, then what are you showing that the mitzvah is really important? Forgive me, but those that are really football enthusiasts, and they go to Myriv most of the time. But if unfortunately, uh oh, uh oh, there's a Super Bowl going on, that's right. And they're going to turn that off and they're going to go to David Myriv. They're showing, uh, at least in their mind, that this is important. Now, I have to tell you the Gemara in Baba Basra 16b tells us that. Esav, unfortunately, had five different Averos, five different sins in his resume. Number one, he was immoral. Number two, he murdered. Number three, he denied the existence of God. Number four, he denied that there's going to be the revival of the dead. And finally, Shot HaBechorah, what did he do? He spurned and made little of the birthright. Which of these five is recorded in the Torah? The other four, which the Gemara says, is based upon the puzzle that Vayavo Esav Min Esav came from the field, etc. And from each of those words, we learn out one of the other sins that he committed. But the only one the Torah says is clearly his attitude. Ah, uh, 
his vaivas, vaivas esav esabachora, his lack of understanding, his lack of appreciation, his negative attitude, that is what the Torah is highlighting. And that's what we have to learn is the significance of not just doing the mitzvah, but our attitude towards it. What a powerful lesson this is for all of us. We shouldn't think that we have Bible stories, only Bible lessons. We know and we've heard of the many individuals approximately 100 years ago, a little bit less, when they came to this country and they had to work as was the work day, six or seven days a week. And when they said on Friday, we can't come in because it's Shabbos, because it's Saturday, and most often or very often they were told, then don't come back next week. And this went on, and especially this time of the year, wintertime, this went on week in week out and they had this incredible emuna and bitochon in Hashem we hear so beautifully that that emuna that bitochon and that mesiras nefesh which showed their incredible evaluation of the prominence of Shabbos has awarded them by their families Dore Doros, children, grandchildren, Baruch Hashem, great-grandchildren, all following in that beautiful tradition. And so, take a step back. And what do we learn from Yaakov and Esav? Yaakov did not violate Ona'a. Ona'a is when you overcharge somebody. Well, if according to Esav, it had little of no value to him than Esau felt he had the better end of the bargain. And just know what we got, Baruch Hashem, the opportunity, the privilege to serve Hashem in his Mikdash. What a beautiful, powerful lesson for all of us that we are the ones that write our own ticket what is the reward that we get for our mitzvos? The answer is how much you value and appreciate and sacrifice for that mitzvah. Shabbat Shalom to all.